Hey everyone, I'm Tony Hardman, your host for Not Quite Zen, a podcast about struggling with mental health and finding ways to make life better. I've struggled with mental health all my life, but through lots of therapy and hard work, I've learned how to be calmer, happier, and more grounded. And I hope that this show can do the same for you. So without further ado, let's get started. In the last episode of Not Quite Zen, I talked about whether or not therapy works and shared my mental health journey. In case you missed it, the answer is yes, therapy works, but only if you commit to do the work. I highly recommend giving the episode a listen, or you can check out the blog post on notquitezen.co. In today's episode, I want to talk about how to find the right therapy for you. This is a question that's often overlooked. If you're thinking about starting a therapy program, you're most likely asking yourself, where can I find a good therapist? And that's an important question. But you may want to first consider the different types of therapy that are available. But worry not, I'm going to help you work through this question. Before I jump in, let me take a moment to ask you to go to notquitezen.co and sign up for the newsletter. You'll get an email once a week with helpful mental health content, including the latest from Not Quite Zen, and we'll never send you spam. Also, if you want to leave feedback about the episode, you can join the Not Quite Zen Facebook group or use the contact form on the website. Okay, now that that's out of the way, let's get started. So there are many different types of psychotherapy available, but the two I want to focus on are cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, and acceptance and commitment therapy, ACT, otherwise known as ACT. Both types of therapy are good for treating common problems like anxiety, depression, and even trauma. Chances are, if you look up a therapist online or through your health insurance provider, you're going to find someone who specializes in cognitive behavioral therapy. CBT focuses on learning how to identify and change your thoughts and behaviors. Basically, the goal is to help you rewire your brain to overcome negative thought patterns and change your thinking and behavior. ACT therapy is less commonly known, and in my experience, it was much more effective than CBT. ACT is based on acceptance and mindfulness principles, which explores how to gain psychological flexibility to live in accordance with your values. In other words, ACT teaches you different strategies to accept your problems and move past them based on how you want your life to turn out. Both CBT and ACT have been found to be effective for treating anxiety and depression. So to help you make the best decision, I'll further cover the differences between CBT and ACT, detail how each therapy works, explain when to seek them out, and offer tips on how to make the most progress in your mental health journey. Let's start by talking about how CBT works. As I stated, CBT is a form of psychotherapy that focuses on altering the way people think and behave. But it's not enough to just change thoughts and behaviors. It also requires you to be aware of the thoughts that you have about yourself and others. CBT is based on the idea that if you can change your thoughts and behaviors, then you can change your feelings. The goal of CBT is to help you identify negative thought patterns and create plans and ways to deal with these thoughts so that you can lead a happier life. To better understand the process, let's consider an example that could be used to work through anxiety. During a therapy session, a psychologist might ask you how your thought patterns are negatively impacting your life. For example, if you feel anxiety over potentially being unemployed, they might ask you why you feel this way. And in your response, you might find out that you're worried about meeting your basic needs without a source of income. And with this information, the psychologist could then work with you on ways to address these beliefs. One way to work through that specific problem would be to write down your worries and then list what you could do to address each worry. 
Another example could be identifying negative or unhelpful thought patterns that give you depression. So perhaps you often have the thought, I'm a terrible person because of this mistake I made in my past and I just can't get past it. I can't get out of my head. A CBT therapist might ask you to consider the evidence for this thought and then think about an alternative interpretation. So in that example, the evidence might be that you did something in your past you're not proud of. But an alternative thought could be, it's not surprising that I made mistakes in my past because I'm human and everybody makes mistakes. Both of those examples demonstrate the process that can be used to recognize unhelpful thoughts and change them. The hope is that by doing this, you can overcome your anxiety and improve your overall mood. Keep in mind that these examples are just to illustrate how CBT works. It can be used to treat a variety of mental illnesses beyond anxiety and depression. Now let's talk about acceptance and commitment therapy. The goal of ACT is to help you accept your thoughts and feelings rather than try to change them. This is one of the reasons why ACT was more effective than CBT for me, treating my anxiety and my depression. I had a lot of trouble identifying my negative thoughts and changing them. For example, my therapist used to say, try to put a stop sign up in your mind when you're having an anxious thought. But I could just never picture the stop sign to change direction. My thoughts would just run away and continue. That's not to say that CBT can't be effective for you. I, I actually find myself using a lot of what I learned in CBT now that I've gone through ACT and I've gotten a lot better. So it, these are just skills that I've kind of added into my resiliency toolkit when it comes to mental health. Using mindfulness skills with the practice of self-acceptance, ACT aims to help patients develop mental flexibility and resilience. Like I said, resiliency toolkit. So this flexibility is achieved through the six core principles of ACT. Number one, acceptance. Recognize the problems in your life without actively trying to change them. Number two, cognitive diffusion. Learning how to distance yourself from your thoughts and noticing that a thought is just a thought and it's not necessarily the truth. Remember that thoughts are not facts. They are just thoughts. Number three, being present. Learn how to be in the now. Focus on the present moment and set aside worries about the past and the future. Daily meditation practice really helped me with this. Even when a ton of things are going on, I can always take 10 minutes to meditate, refocus, and add some calm to whatever storm I'm in. Hell, I can take 90 seconds and get some calm just because I've developed a meditation practice every single day. Number four, self as context. The idea of the observing self, stepping back and analyzing what's happening in your mind. Think of it like playing a video game and you're controlling the character. You control your mind and thoughts, not the other way around. Number five, values. What drives you to get up in the morning? What do you care about the most and where do you want your life to go? For me, my most important core values are being a good husband and father. That drives a lot of decisions in my life to make progress. Number six, committed action. Committing to act based on your defined values. This is how you can make progress. Simply put, ACT therapy focuses on helping you live according to your values while accepting how you feel about your circumstances in life. No need to stop and change your thoughts. You instead acknowledge them 
and commit to living a life according to your values. Let's consider some examples of ACT and action. Like I mentioned, when beginning ACT, a therapist may ask you to commit to mindfulness practice. Daily meditation can teach you how to live in the present moment. Focusing on these moments can help reduce anxiety and enable you to be a calmer person. This is something I think a lot of people struggle with. I often hear, well, I tried meditation, but it just didn't work for me. I can't quiet my mind or sit still long enough. Try again. It's worth it. It took me three solid weeks of meditating once per day for about 10 minutes to really notice any change. Then I kept up with it and I can use it anytime I need to be present and calm. That's not to say that I practice perfectly every time I meditate. There's really no such thing as perfect. Sometimes your mind will wander and other times you'll be able to clear everything up. I highly suggest the Learn How to Meditate series in the Calm app. And that's a personal recommendation. I am not getting paid to say that. Anyway, let's move on to another ACT example rooted in living your core values with committed action. This made a huge impact on my life when I went through ACT therapy. Like I said, one of my core values is to be a good father. Because of this value, when an opportunity to coach my son's soccer team came up, I committed to do it. Now, I still had a ton of anxiety going into coaching. In fact, my wife was like, why did you do this? You know, you're miserable. You're so anxious about it. Like, I can't believe you did this to yourself. She was almost angry at me that I committed to doing this. But after a few practices, I really eased into it. And eventually, I got really good at coaching. In fact, we only lost two games our first whole season. So now I don't have any anxiety about coaching. And I'm able to be present for my son while also giving back to my community. That was such a wonderful gift that I got through committed action and living my core values. Before ACT, this would have never been possible for me. Anxiety would have stopped me in my tracks. Now that we've covered the basics of CBT and ACT, let's discuss when you should seek out these therapies. Keep in mind, I am not a therapist or a healthcare professional. I am just sharing my experience with you so that you can make a better informed decision based on somebody who has gone through it and been successful. There are many reasons why someone may turn to CBT or ACT. Therapy can be a big help for people like myself who suffer from anxiety and depression. It can also help people who are struggling with the loss of a loved one, recovering from trauma, or facing chronic pain, to name a few issues. Some people find that their mood improves after just a few sessions, and for others, they may need more time. A lot of time. There's no magic number of sessions that will work for everyone, and you should feel comfortable with your therapist before deciding whether to continue treatment. By that I mean, find a therapist that works for you. You should definitely continue treatment. When it comes to choosing which treatment is best for you, there's really no wrong answer. What's most important is that you continue to be an advocate for yourself throughout the process. If you start CBT and after a time decide that it's not working for you, then you should try a different therapy. The same is true of ACT. Or if you like that therapy but you're not happy with your therapist, find a new one. Additionally, CBT and ACT are not the only psychotherapy programs out there. Other common ones include dialectal behavior therapy or dbt and i probably butchered the pronunciation of that and exposure therapy 
I'm not going to cover those here in this episode, but if you feel like I haven't hit on what you're struggling with, then you may want to look those up. The most important thing to know when considering therapy is that you cannot be complacent if you want to make progress. Commit to doing the work. And if it's not working, then try something else. I truly wish you the best of luck. And if you're not already in therapy, then please commit to starting it by finding a therapist today. You can look one up online, through Google Maps, or through your insurance provider. I truly hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, be sure to subscribe so that you're notified every time a new one is posted. Also, please rate, review, and share this podcast because the more we talk about mental health, the better life can get for those who struggle. Now, please join me in taking one small step towards a calmer day with a two-minute meditation. Start by taking a relaxed but alert posture. If you're driving, continue to focus on the road, and if you're not, feel free to close your eyes or relax your gaze. Feel the weight of your body as gravity connects you to the earth and makes you feel grounded. Relax the muscles in your face, your neck, your shoulders, and the rest of your body. Now let's begin to shift your focus to the breath. Take a deep breath and follow it as it fills your lungs. Exhale slowly and let it all out. Continue to take long, slow breaths, paying attention as it enters your body and brings you calm as it leaves. If your mind is wandered off, slowly bring your attention back to the breath. Now, relax your attention. Take this calming energy with you as you go about your day. Thanks for listening. I hope you join me next time.